episode of Family Matters is a little scary. So you might want to watch it with somebody brave. Don't worry, Uncle Steve. Yeah, man. We're here for you. Guys, can we turn on the lights? <laughs> Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, we're starting right away with uh, breaking news. Uh, the final oh, Smash no. DLC character has been announced and it's Stevel from Family Matters. <laughs> Yes, finally a character I care about. Uh, he's got like one of those sort of like shadow fighter things where it's like essentially the same character, but just yeah. kind of a different aesthetic. And it's Carlsbad, which I thought was a really good move on Sakurai's part. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it would have been really bad, like if they had a good character and they just wasted it on a me costume. Oh, sure. I mean, I don't know why they would do that, though. Oh, I don't know. I don't think anyone plays with the Miis, so... No. Uh, but Sakurai is finally released, uh, unburdened from King... I'm almost at Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, why would you say that? And I've just been thinking a lot about <laughs> Sora lately and how he's one of my favorite Nintendo characters. Uh-huh. Anyway, Sakurai is, is released. He no longer has to make anything for Smash Brothers. Ultimate. Not, not Yes, not this Smash Brothers, correct. Yeah, get excited for new Smash Brothers. <laughs> Finish Smash Brothers, get excited for next Smash Brothers. That's right. Oh, God. That's all there is for news, right? N nothing else happened. That's right. This is a special episode uh, where we've decided we are done with video games. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I made my break a little while ago when I played Wrath of the Black Manta. Mm -hmm. Decided enough is enough. Yeah, it's not but, entirely true. I have a spooky game for later on in the episode, but we won't get that. You said that. Okay. I don't have a list game. I'm deciding to shake oh, things up this fuck's month. Sake. And All right. Talk I, about horror games. I, I thought playing. that was something you would do like for the streams no. on Fridays. By the way, go twitch.tv slash atomic old man and follow to uh, be able to see your streams yeah. Friday this this month. We do it spook em ups all spooktober. Mm hmm. That's right. Uh, I have already selected all the games that I'm going to play, but I'm playing in my own personal time some other horror games, and I figured I'd chat a little bit That's about a stupid thing those. to do. You're a stupid thing to do. How do you like that when someone says something hurtful? I don't, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I think you bad. are. But you and I have both been watching some stuff. Uh, you convinced me to spend 15 damn dollars no, on HBO not. Max again. Uh, you told me to do it. 
You threatened me with a gun? I thought you just were not going to watch it because you didn't care. And then I said, like, eh, I'm watching the Many Saints of Newark. And you're like, oh, it's out? All right, I gotta get back on it. And then you were like, I paid $15 for this. <laughs> and first of all, no, you didn't. You paid $15 for a subscription to a thing which has many other, many, like, much better things that yeah, you can watch. And you Star just won't Trek. do it. <laughs> exactly. You refuse to watch any of the shows I try to tell you to watch, and you're just like, mm, I wasted $15 on this. That's right. No, anyway. I looked at the main page. I didn't see Enterprise there, and I decided it was a waste of money. All right. What the fuck am I supposed to watch? A good movie? Come on. Instead, or, I'm watching some Soprano shows. shit. Okay. So we're back here in the Gabagool zone. Do you want to start on Gabagool or do you want to yes. do... Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do a slow ramp towards horror. Yes, exactly. It starts with a movie that isn't so much scary as it is just horrific that it exists. Yeah, well, it's just scary that you spend the time to watch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I... A lot of time checking my phone, mostly, while watching mm. this movie. And then you look up and you realize that they drowned some broad in the ocean. And you're like, oh, I gotta rewind and figure out what the fuck I missed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, David Chase uh, has been spending a lot of time on the internet lately. And he was like, oh, I, hot Italian stepmoms are the new thing, I guess. <laughs> I gotta put that in the movie. Sure. Uh, we both against the advice of our loved ones watched the many saints of newark uh this is the sopranos prequel movie it mostly focuses on chris's dad dickie molasante uh although tony sure look i watched every season of that show <laughs> and i should have had this figured out by now but i don't molasante. So, yeah uh it also concerns tony a fair amount he's basically mm. your your secondary protagonist but it's mostly no. about dickie there, there's not much tony in this there's, there's which is still good some tony in because this. uh the younger gandolfini cannot act holy cow oh yeah sure physically no. appropriately cast he, oh, sure. he does look dead on yeah uh, but yeah does not not as good of an actor as his old man well no like well that's an unfair comparison but i mean even just sure. by bare minimum standards he's not yeah. good I, I will say though as far as like accurate accurately casting a character based on physical appearance the actress that they got for janice holy shit yeah yeah <laughs> first time i saw that i had to make sure they weren't doing some like tarkin cgi shit to like <laughs> dh her put her in the movie somehow looks eerily similar to her much uh a much better casting than um silvio which i'm sure we'll get into later oh boy silvio was the best worst part of this movie <laughs> it's awful <laughs> it's terrible and it's so also bad. everything i wanted the movie to be that i did <laughs> not give you basically wanted like a sopranos kids kind of where it's just like or like yeah of course muppet babies exactly oh speaking of uh, I was gone for a week. I was in Vegas. I was house-sitting and watching uh, my dog, and I did the thing that I usually do when I'm in Vegas, and I just leave, like, adult swim running while I fall asleep, which means I wake up to, like, the kids' content, and apparently I kept waking up to uh, Looney Tunes babies and just seeing, like, Daffy Duck in a diaper, and so I was just terrified every time I woke up looking at the TV screen, and I'd That's go normal. back to sleep, and then I'd wake up again, and it would be fucking Kylo. Caillou. Caillou. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. There, there's an evil in Caillou. 
Yes, there is. One of the worst. Anyway, just wanted to share. I'm, I had a good time in Vegas, and then I came back here, and I watched a Sopranos movie, and I had a bad time. So, all right. Where do you want to start with this oh, movie? Shit, I forgot to watch The Irishman while I was there. Fuck. <laughs> that would have been a much better comical zone. It would. Oh, God you know what? Okay, then you know what? This is not the finale of the Gabagool Zone. You're going to have to watch The Irishman one way or another. Yeah, yeah, I'm so. going to have to. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Where, where do we start with uh, The Many Sands of Newark? Well, how about we start with the start of the movie? Uh, as Loverboy once said, you got to start from the start. That doesn't make any uh, sense. But I do like the start of this because it was very confusing to me why we're hearing just the disembodied voices of people in graves and then slowly yeah. work our way over to Chris. He's like, I'm in hell now. This fucking sucks. <laughs> and he narrates the movie, except like not really. He kind of just pops in a couple of times. That's just for him to be like, that's Tony Soprano, the guy I went to hell for. He, yeah. su- he suffocated me to death. He played the worst game of Got Your Nose With Me that I ever played in my life. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know why it's necessarily there because it kind of like sort of sets up the start of just him going like, hey, that's Dickie. Uh, he's my dad. And that little fucking twerp, that's my uncle. He done did a murder on me. And then he doesn't like show up again until like the end of the movie. Yeah. Where he just again reiterates, Tony Soprano killed me. Okay, bye. Yeah. It it just doesn't... It's not a good framing device. Nope. I don't know why it's there. <laughs> Other than I guess you want to have like one of the actors from the original show as your, your sort of connective tissue. Yeah. So basically the plot of this is about Dickie Moltisanti. Uh, and he sort of gets into a war with uh, a former associate of his, a uh, black guy, Harold, uh, played by Leslie Odom Jr., who I thought was really good in this. Yeah, he's one uh, of the he's one of the actual best parts of the movie. Yeah, him and the guy playing Dickie actually, I thought were both yeah. pretty good. Um, and that stuff actually, I thought was all right. It, but then it gets like mired in this other stuff, which is basically just like Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, hey, here's all your favorite characters. We're going to bring a baby. It's baby yeah. Chris. And hey. we bring him into Tony. And hey, he Tony starts crying. Brando. It's baby and, Chris. And he's crying. And then the lady says, that's because sometimes babies <laughs> do things from the other side. And then you as the viewer are like, oh, because he knows he's going to kill him one day. Oh, shit. Chris's soul time traveled back into his younger self. Yeah. And he didn't butterfly affect himself out of the womb. No. Shows. Messed up. Is this is this gonna like rewrite the history of Sopranos and he's gonna kill Tony now? Maybe. No, probably not. I don't know. Oh. Um But it there's also stuff about the timeline which is weird here, which I can kind of excuse. Like I don't sure. know why Silvio's like so much older than Tony, because weren't they supposed to be the same age? Yeah, I thought they were supposed to be like roughly the same age. I could see like Silvio being a little bit older. Yeah. Uh, but this seems like Silvio is a fully formed adult. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's like with, balding while Tony is yeah, like 12. I was going to say male, male pattern baldness. He's got the worst comb over. 
I've so, seen okay. since uh, since Jared Leto played was like all in that fat suit for that one movie that I'm blanking on the name of. That's a uh, House of Gucci. It's still not yeah. out yet. Okay. Uh, so, okay, we'll just get into Silvio then. Sure. The worst thing in this movie, this guy who is doing like a caricature of Silvio. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. It's he's got, so distracting. He's got the mannerisms down. I'll give him that. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. He's doing the thing where he's kind of like, he's got the hunch and everything, the yeah. way he holds the phone and all that stuff. This is a guy who has watched Sopranos start to finish <laughs> at least twice. But no, and now like, he knows how to play Silvio Dante. But it's such an exaggerated version of it. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Like, look, the guy who plays Polly actually, I thought, did a pretty good job of acting like Polly without going over the top like that. I, I kind of wanted more of him. My my biggest complaint is there's not enough Polly Walnuts in this movie. Well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he just kind of like shows up very briefly, has a couple lines. And it's like, oh, I guess that was Polly. <laughs> like, I, they communicate enough that you know it's him, but he's not yeah, showing like, up with, like, wings and his hair already, like, a bunch of rings on his fingers, fully formed Polly Walnuts, in no, the same way he, that Silvio like, is, is fully formed Silvio Dante. Yeah, he's, like, manicuring his nails and stuff, and he does sort of the same hand gestures and stuff that Polly would. Yeah, but much I, more I subdued, do, though. I really like the bit where they're uh, torturing that guy, and he's like, hey, let me move over there. This is a new jacket. And then instead of just taking the jacket off, he just moves near his head where he just yeah. gets blood splattered on him anyway. He just gets hit like he's at a fucking Gallagher show and then freaks out about <laughs> yeah, it. Front, front row. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's the equivalent of him like sitting in the front row going, oh, whoa, I got a new suit. Let me move back a seat. Yep. <laughs> Get out of the splash zone. It's more like him just moving over a seat instead <laughs> okay, of even that's back. fair. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Silvio. So then this was my main problem, I think, with Silvio. Well, not main, but one of the biggest questions is he wasn't supposed to be bald in the original series, right? Like, the actor was, and so they had him in a wig, but they never mentioned it or had anything... Like, they never brought attention to it. No, they never alluded to it, and I'm sure that's one of those things of just, well, the actor was, and so we're going to be cute yeah. about it, and as, like, an Easter egg sort of it's thing. Like they should not ball. do that. Like, don't. No, they shouldn't do it. That's they shouldn't mean. have done a lot of the... Th well, yeah, but also, like, you brought up the Star Wars prequels, and I think that's a perfect comparison, where they do a lot of stuff like that, you know, these cute winks and nods to the audience that kind of knows this stuff already. Yeah. Except they're not so much winks and nods as they're just bludgeoning you over the head with it. Sure. Like, it's really dumb and dull and obvious the way that they do a lot of that. And it's odd, like, we already saw Junior in a flashback in the show, and he was not bald in that. But here no. they make him bald, so it's like, oh, that's Junior. He's bald and he has the glasses. <laughs> well, also, like, he, the first few times that he shows up, he's just doing, like classic uncle junior things so also you know that he's yeah. uncle junior like he the the one bit that did get a, a laugh out of me as far as like very obvious callbacks is him leaning over and saying he doesn't yeah. have the makings of a varsity athlete <laughs> so like, that, that one, that one kind of, it was fine it kind of made sense to me though because like as junior would get dementia like that would be something he would call yes. back on yeah but that's why that bothered me less than all the Silvio crap. But but yeah. also like that is sort of the the cadence with which they handle Uncle Junior through most of the movie is he's just kind of showing up and doing typical Uncle June shit. 
but um, but they also they play him as much more petty in this like including the ending specifically um yeah i i thought that i was trying to like think back to my watch through the sopranos and remember if they ever specifically mentioned how dicky died because i thought it was more involved tony says a cop shot him because remember he gets the guy like he finds who the guy is and takes uh, chris to his house yeah but that was also a lie like he just wanted to put chris in that situation so does tony actually know what happened to him or was it just a lie from the ground up i thought that was what tony actually thought so maybe I, tony is I like perpetuating something that was presented to him as a lie is what yes which okay. I, I would guess is probably something junior said now okay um, yeah, but fair. at the time i don't remember there being anything that indicated like tony was just lying about it to set chrissy up I thought it was indicated in the scene where the cop kept going, like, no, you're being set up. Like, I did I did not do what you're accusing me of doing. Yeah, I don't believe him. He's a cop. What are you talking about? We watched other things that have made me think differently about cops, that maybe they're good family men with family oh. matters. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I, I always took that scene as tony's typical pettiness and manipulation putting chris in a situation where he has to make a very difficult choice but it's a completely orchestrated situation like predicament that he's putting him in that guy did not actually kill dicky well well the other thing was though they would say that dicky was like a junkie yeah um which now it, this movie purports that maybe that was also just because of livia yeah just like trying to deflect that that is that that is probably one of my favorite character bits like actual good bits in this movie is the end um so there's this uh plot line that shows up towards the end of the movie where livia is trying to actually connect with tony after a sort of mock therapy session that tony has at a school and she mentions like yeah i went to see someone and they want me to get on these pills and ah fucking therapy pills it's all for pussies i don't want any of that stuff uh, so she hands Tony Tony the pamphlet about it, and Tony kind of looks over it and is like, you know, yeah, pills maybe are the solution. I'm going to get me some of these. <laughs> and starts so like putting Dickie up to getting the pills under the assumption that he is buying them for Livia, uh, even yeah. though I, the, the film is communicating that Tony wants them for himself. Uh, is it? That's the way that I took it, was that Tony didn't actually want to get those for his mom. He's no, dealing I with his they own were absolutely stuff. For her. I I took it as Tony having more of a urge to solve his own issues, and that he saw that pamphlet and it connected with him in some way. And that if he got those pills and he took them, maybe he would be better off for it. Could be. I mostly just thought he wanted to get them for her, uh, so then she would not be uh, so annoying and Look, terrible all the time. It's possible I'm giving the movie too much credit. Because there, there's <laughs> also... I'm willing to admit that I because, might be wrong about this. So at the end, they say like they found bottles of Elleville in his jacket. Yeah, and Livia is... gives like a sort of a look and is sort of like, ah, you know, he, they, who knows what he was taken and stuff, which seems to indicate that she knew they were yeah, supposed to be for her. Her... Her line was something like, who knew that he was so weak? You never yeah. know with people. Yeah. Uh, which is just this perfect, like, from the grave, Livia is destroying somebody. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, Dickie ends up kind of getting left with this 
legacy that is maybe not entirely accurate to who he was, which isn't to say that he's necessarily a great person. No. Uh, he's very much his son's father, even though the start of the movie, he would really like you to believe that he is not. Uh, but he gets there eventually. Uh, speaking of his father, Ray Liotta. Yes. In the role of a lifetime. Also, Ray <laughs> Liotta in the role of a lifetime. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, um, it's so good. It, it really is. Uh, so Ray Liotta plays Dickie's abusive father. Hollywood. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, what's his character's actual name? Hollywood what? Isn't it Hollywood Dick? Like, yeah, isn't, I, isn't it Dickie Jr. or something? I, I think that's it, yeah. Uh, but he uh, comes back from the old country. He's brought a new hot wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's thrown her down the stairs. He thinks it's a hoot. <laughs> exactly like uh, when... um. Was it Janice kicked Ralphie down mm-hmm. the stairs? Yeah, yeah, it's a good callback. That was yeah, that was actually a pretty good one. There's a so that's not to completely get off the rails here, but I, it's not that I completely disappreciate callbacks and prequel work. Is that you gotta have like some subtlety with it? Sure. If you kick somebody down the stairs, for example, and it kind of makes you someone who watched the original Shoko. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of that scene with Ralphie getting punted down the stairs. Like, that's a mm-hmm. good callback. But when you have Silvio Dante's entire character basically just being this dude in clown makeup, <laughs> waving his hands around and holding a phone between his thumb and index finger, like, that's a bit much. Or uh, a person at school saying, you know, Tony tested very high in IQ. We gave him a personality test. Yeah. He could be a leader. Yeah, Myers Briggs, it says he's a leader. Shut up. Anyway, uh, Dickie doesn't like the fact that his dad is abusing his new hot mom, uh, Uh just as he did with his previous hot mom. And so he decides to bust his head open on the steering wheel of a car and then kind of frame it as a murder that took place during these, excuse me, these riots that are breaking out. And then in like the next scene sits down in prison and Ray Liotta's back. (laughs) We just brought out another Ray Liotta. And this is like... (laughs) This Ray Liotta is hilarious, and I love him. Yeah, and he's he's in there because he killed another made guy within his own family. So he's just like, yeah, I'm here in prison. I'm gonna be here for a while. Yeah, it's fine. Well, yeah, I think Dicky has I'm a jazz wine. nut. He says that's right. Yeah, talking about Buddha and just, oh god, one of my favorite bits with him is uh, Dicky's trying to get information about who might have murdered somebody. So he's like, I was thinking that you could ask around everything, and Ray Leo's just like, ask around. I don't, I don't talk, talk to, to anyone. Anybody. Like, I just sit around and like read the newspaper. Yeah. Um. So I'm wondering if maybe I'm reading into this too much, like I am with the uh, the happy pills. But Ray Liotta too knows that Dickie killed his own father, right? Like he's figured this out pretty yes. much immediately. Okay. Yeah, because he says like. He would not have been in that warehouse. He never picked up a board in his life. Yeah, because I got that sense, too, when Dickie ends up killing his hot mom slash hot guma. And then he's um, also like, yeah, boy, there's a lot of tragedy in your, yeah. in your life, huh? Woo, what a coincidence. Weird, anyway, got any more Miles on. Davis albums? Go ahead and tell me about how you uh, set up more baseball tournaments with deaf blind kids <laughs> what, what who don't that? have arms or legs. <laughs> i don't know there's such a weird aside (laughs) 
there's this sequence that Larry and I are referring to where Dickie is constantly trying to make up for the fact that he killed his own dad. He needs to do good deeds. Uh, And one of them is apparently he's set up like a little league team for like uh, blind kids. And so like there's this weirdly shot like kind of heroic sort of flashback of like him coaching the team and everyone surrounding him and going like Dickie, Dickie, Dickie. Yeah. so fucking weird it's like all slow motion and soft focus yeah was, oh god it's bizarre and i get that it's a fantasy in his own mind or whatever but the its placement in that scene could not be more awkward yeah uh, what a terrible movie <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of the few good parts in it and you're like oh a terrible movie no i say i say it's a terrible movie with the utmost affection okay it's i i I would actually say i think my biggest issue with this movie is there are a lot of stretches where i just kind of found it to be boring yeah there are character relationships that i just don't think work within the confines of the movie and that perhaps it should have been like a mini series or something if this were given more room to breathe it's various storylines and its characters wouldn't feel so clumsily woven within the plot i guess so a prequel series for The Sopranos might not necessarily be a bad idea, is what I'm saying. Well, uh, from what I had read, David Chase had said uh, he would be up for making more movies. Um, it, but, it was specifically uh, cons- considering the reception of this. Uh, it was specifically following Tony in his twenties, which means you would get more of Gandolfini Jr. Oh no! So, what do you think of that, Larry? Uh... Dickie is dead, he wouldn't be your main character anymore. Yeah. But I'm saying if you gave Dickie like a six episode series, I think that the acting is strong enough and that they have some good ideas for where to take that story, just condensing it within the framework of a movie and the runtime of a movie. I mean, it's like 90 minutes. You barely have time to tell a story. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's gotta be at least three hours. Come on. That's right. Uh, so the weirdest thing I thought about this movie though, is, uh, the very end of it, which like, okay. So, uh, Harold, he like sort of wages war on the DeMeos. He shoots a bunch of them, uh, including oh, God, Pussy's yeah. dad. Oh, um, blows his fucking head off. Yeah. That's a really good quick shot and it's quick. So you don't see how bad the CGI is. You get just <laughs> yeah. enough of it that it's like, oh, this is gruesome. Yeah. Which by the way, um, Joey Diaz as uh, the elder pussy is very good. It is. Yes. Um, Although speaking of like, oh, hey, here's baby Chris. Uh, yeah. Another really awkward bit like that is introducing big pussy. And they're like, hey, what's your name? Ah, it's big pussy. I'm large pussy. I'm the biggest pussy around. It's me. Okay. I'm pussy. It, yeah. it doesn't exactly say it like that, but still, it's like it didn't need to be in there. Also, did you recognize uh, who Tony's little shit heel friend is that's hanging out with him through the entire movie? Like who that's supposed to be? Artie. Yeah. Yeah. That he went over Artie. my head. I know he probably does, and I just like I had zonked out for a second and missed I... it. And so the rest of the movie, I was trying to figure out like, is that Richie? Like who's this supposed to be? So. I did not realize the other guy was um, Jackie April Sr. Yes. Yeah. yeah that one the, I did uh, not realize until after I had watched the movie. When he's like with Carmela at the phone. Yeah. 
Carmella um, showing up for like a, a scene to get yeah. thrown down on a sidewalk, and, and that's yeah. basically it. That's it. Yeah. Um. Oh, so so the plot is basically Harold. He shoots a whole bunch of them. Uh, sort of bails out, and then at the end, it's like he's fine. Yeah, he got away. That's yeah. it. And good like that him. is not that. Yes, good for him. But also, that is not believable at all considering no. <laughs> everything in the original series and how far they would go to track down anybody who ever wronged them in any way, including for things such as being gay. Yeah. Uh, shooting a whole bunch of them is way worse and there's no way they would have just let well, them go. Also considering that the state of relations between the black community and the Italian community at oh, that sure. specific point in time, a lot of the movie is about that. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Like, if you did this as a series, if you did a, if it did well enough where you're like, hey, we could do another six to eight episodes of this, you could focus that second season mostly on his character and being hunted down and trying to get away. Like, yeah, I would be interested to see that. He is probably the best character that they introduced for this movie. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. I like all those dudes with their big fur coats. <laughs> those guys are cool. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff's all great. Big fur coat like a horse race track where there's just horse shit all over the place it's it's very similar to um i know you didn't watch it but no sudden move Mm. um which is also on hbo max so you could go watch that now if you wanted but you won't Mm. (laughs) Um, uh, which also features ray Liotta and also features the black mob wearing uh giant coats and hats like that in fact it's uh, bill duke in that movie so that's Mm -hmm. an extra bonus you know, yeah, you know what movie Bill Duke was in? No. Predator. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And Mandy. Anyway. Oh. Um, I thought a weird part about this movie was how Tony built C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes exactly as much sense as every other callback in this oh speaking of what did you think about um what's his name uh the punisher as johnny boy soprano uh i i don't know that thing was kind of weird for me it not necessarily the actor in the role but the way that he is portrayed in the original series versus the way he's portrayed in this seemed very different it is. He is way more violent and unhinged in many Saints of Newark than he is in the original show, which isn't necessarily to say that he is. is. He? he shoots that hole in Lydia's <laughs> fucking hair. Just whips that, a gun out. It was already mentioned in the series a couple of times. So that's like, another wow. one of the stupid callbacks. But don't you remember when he cuts the guy's fingers off in front of Tony? That's okay. Yeah, I guess he got me. There. And also, all the fights with Livia, he has the flashback. I, 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 I guess what I mean Him is and that Junior beat that guy down in the street that yeah, time. Yeah, you don't gotta mention every single thing that he did that <laughs> okay. was psychotic. Okay, I get it. What What I mean is that it's in his behavior. I think that he plays that character with more aggression to him, whereas in the original series, he seemed willing to do fucked up stuff at the drop of a dime, but he had more like control about him. Mm, I might be wrong. It's been a little I, I bit of time since I watched the show, and it's not like, yeah, it's it's been a bit, so I might just be misremembering everything. Um, I will say though, I meant to bring this up earlier, 
But since we're talking about uh, Tony's dad and, of course, how close he is with Uncle Junior, the guy who plays Uncle Junior at least does a really good job of doing that voice. Yeah. Like, there's a few times where I was like, did they just ADR (laughs) some of the old lines in? Because if if I closed my eyes, it would sound just like him. Uh, Speaking of ADR, what the fuck is up with that scene in the rain? Why did they not just have them record Tony's lines over again? What's up with that? Yeah. That sounded really bad. It sounded awful, especially because like when it goes back to Dickie, his lines sound perfectly fine. So they clearly ADR'd him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was, just, it was really weird. I thought something happened with like the audio on my TV for a moment and then it went back to Dickie and I was like, oh, I guess this is just not they did not mic this properly. Yeah. It's hard Sound, to do in the rain. Yeah. But yeah, they should have just ADR'd Tony as well. Yeah. Anyway. So, speaking of Junior, then here we get to the big revelation in this movie. The only yeah. thing that actually impacts the original series in any way, really, uh, which is that uh, Junior slipped on the steps one time and Dickie laughed at him, <laughs> which then meant Junior needs him dead. Well, Junior can't fuck for a whole month. <laughs> what do you expect he's going to do? You know what? Actually. If I was in this place, maybe I would have the same reaction, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I do like him just like trying to very awkwardly have sex, and he's like, "Ah, that dicky!" And like the, yeah. the woman he's with is just like, "He didn't push you down the stairs, you idiot! You slipped." Also, like, then she she's like, "Ah, any excuse, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> I, so this is. By this point in the movie, I've been hit over the head by so many obvious, like, allusions back to the original show. I thought this was going to be the establishing moment for Junior Eats Pussy real good, is that he would have just been like, well, I can get into this comfortable position on my knees, and I guess if you, like, opened your legs up a bit, I could do something about that. Oh, man, that would have been good, actually. If I had written the mini Saints of Newark, there would have absolutely been a Junior Eats Pussy scene. (laughs) David Chase, call me. Uh, I've got ideas about where you can take this. It's all got to do with Conolingus. Not good, this movie. That's mm-hmm. my review. So you think they're going to get a sequel? No. I know that the reception is not... made no movie. Or no money. It made <laughs> no movie, also. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but like, who knows what the streaming numbers are. It doesn't maybe, matter. Maybe the box does... office was so low. It's not even like, eh, it didn't make much the... money, but streaming, it's like this made no money. Okay. Hasn't the box office still been so low, though, that it's like everything's no. kind of got a really pitiful return as it bounced back? No. Yeah, it has. Okay. Venom did huge. Good for Venom. Yeah, everybody loves Venom. Let There Be Carnage, starring Woody Harrelson. It made more money than Shang-Chi. Well, that's actually not that surprising to me. People really well, no. seem to like that first Venom movie. So, yeah. Even though I have like zero desire to sit down and watch either of them. Now I'm starting to think maybe I should watch the first one be- just solely because I'm kind of interested in the second. Yeah. Woody Harrelson as Carnage is ridiculous. And yeah. it's maybe the one thing that has gotten me a little bit curious about seeing those, but I still don't really have much of a desire to sit down. This, this and by all reports, like the second one being much wackier 
and more like the good parts mm. of the first one. Okay. So I haven't heard too much about it. So yeah, I just know people like it, but again, that's not surprising to me considering the reaction to that first one. What else has come out? Oh, No Time to Die is going to be out soon. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to not see that in theaters. I'm not bothering with that shit. <laughs> like, nope, I'm just going to wait until that streams or I can buy it on Blu-ray. Yep. I just rented F9, so I'll be watching that today. Mm. Uh, looking forward to that. Well, movies are back. Yeah. Finally. Finally, fast.com. Cinderella brought movies back. Yeah, thanks James Corden Your <laughs> thrusting in traffic is to, to thank for all of this Yeah, we owe it all to you, James Corden This is a crotch What else did you watch? Did you watch anything spooky? Anything scary? No Tonight's episode of Family Matters is a little scary So you might want to watch it with somebody brave don't worry, Uncle Steve. Yeah, man. We're here for you. Guys, can we turn on the lights? Are you all right? Did you drink your snooze juice? <laughs> yeah, I drank my snooze juice. I was thinking about this lately, how, okay, energy drinks are all over the market. Why isn't there like an opposite of energy drinks where you can drink something to help you fall asleep at night? Wait a second, was I supposed to watch this episode? Yes, you were. We talked no. about this. No, I thought we were just watching the Stevel episodes. No, no, I said that we're watching the Psycho Twins. I happened to watch the Stevel episodes because you told me you downloaded them. So we still have Family Matters to talk about, but you right, were well, supposed then, to watch the Psycho Twins episode Well, the well. Psycho Twins will be next week. Oh my god. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> this was supposed to be a theme of spooky episodes. Yes, it's not supposed to be a new bit on the podcast where we have Urkel talk every single week, and I fear that's what it's becoming. Hi, thank you for joining us on our Family Matters podcast, where we watch through all the Family Matters, Larry and I, and then we talk about it. For what's worth, I was told that episode was not good, but... Yeah, I... Like, actually having seen the uh, Psycho Twins episode, I give you permission to not watch it. <laughs> great <laughs> it's more boring than the premise would make it out to be so for anyone who doesn't know the psycho twins episode is that steve invents snooze juice uh to help cops arrest criminals which <laughs> is great a, that's a great, great premise yeah and then they all go to a wwf match uh where the bushwhackers are going to be fighting the psycho twins but oops steve gave the psycho twins the snooze juice so Steve and Carl have to step in for them, and everything's going great until the Bushwhackers realize Carl's a cop, and they hate cops, so they beat the piss out of Carl and Steve. That's the episode. Mm, and it's a really good premise. All of this sounds great on paper. The actual episode, not too good. Kind of yeah. kind of boring. So the steve episodes, on the other hand, great from start to finish. <laughs> okay. A wacky adventure full of little dudes and little suits. I can only imagine how excited you were when you saw a little guy in a suit. <laughs> oh, he's just running around. He's dancing. <laughs> he's got a very obvious seam in his mask on the back. 
I like even more though where you got the dude in the black suit like hunched behind the chair puppeting Steve that it's yeah. very clearly there when they turn the lights up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Family Matters, uh, for a little bit of context for this bit, I've been trying to convince Larry to watch some of Family Matters for years. I've been insisting upon him that the show gets really fucking weird after a while. Like so... Yeah, and for context, I did watch Family Matters when I was a kid, but that was before it had gone completely insane. Yeah. It it hadn't yet jumped the shark where you just didn't happen to see any episodes from when it did. Yeah, uh, and, and so, and... like, I, I knew about stuff like Stefan Urkel, and yeah. I knew, like, Urkelbot and things like that, but I did not know about episodes featuring evil ventriloquist dummies. Yes. So as I explained to you, I think I found like the, the perfect metaphor for what Family Matters sort of becomes, which is that eventually all of it is just really good transporter accident episodes of Star Trek. Like Steve's just got so many different booths and devices that do different things and weird fucked up funny guys come out of it. Like, I don't know, everyone turned into Bruce Lee for an episode. Oh, here's a living a living dummy. Uh, we made a duplicate Steve. We got a Neelix situation. Guess we're just going to turn him into Stefan and give him autonomy. Sure. Just a, a, okay. lot of, a lot of weird stuff like that. Uh, but we sat down, tried to figure out precisely when the show jumped the, the shark. It's somewhere in season five. Psycho Twins comes from that. So I guess they were still like pushing into that territory around that time. But uh, Steve was all up in it. Steve resides yeah. in that weird Family Matters era, like the, towards the yes. end of the show. These two episodes are from the last two seasons yeah. of the show. Uh, so Steve is season eight, episode yes. seven, I think. Yeah. Because um, the next one is like season nine, episode seven. Uh, yearly tradition. Uh, so much of a tradition, they reuse the same intro for the second episode <laughs> instead of just making a new one i thought i clicked on the wrong thing at first <laughs> yeah, when, I, I, when I saw to, that i had to bring up the thing and be like Wait, yeah what? is this right yeah me too I, I really wanted to be sure i am going to give you the suggestion that maybe you should actually have this episode of the podcast just open on the audio from that <laughs> okay yeah that's a good idea and then play it again right before this bit <laughs> Yeah, okay. So the we we watched both the Steeple episodes. Uh this was recommended to you on HBO because we're doing like a spooky content thing and you saw yes. like, oh weird ventriloquist Steve Urkel, and I had to explain this whole fucking concept to you. You're like, oh I gotta go over this again. So yeah, I I saw these episodes back in the day, so I was excited to watch them again and see how they kind of held up because I loved Family Matters as a kid. I was way into it. Did I drop out again? No, I okay. was just waiting for you to go on. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to go on. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to say? Larry set up the Steeple episode. Okay, uh, it's basically a Treehouse of Horror episode, um, except only one's like one story uh and it's also a dream but yeah uh steve goes to sleep uh on halloween and he has a dream well he does actually have the dummy the dummy's real yeah uh he's a terrible ventriloquist although i do like how his wacky voice for the dummy is just sort of a regular sounding voice yeah i think it is just regular jaleel white basically voice 
he has he like puts a little bit of an accent or something on it tiny tiny bit he puts a little bit of flourish but yeah it's closer to yeah his regular voice a little salt and pepper on it yeah um it's like brian griffin right that's just seth MacFarlane's voice but more broadcastery it's basically the same kind of kind of deal yeah yeah everything's like family guy it is i mean it's uh they have Polly Walnuts on Family Guy, so I mean, why even bother with the Mini Saints of Newark? It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to sleep, and then he has a dream where the dummy comes to life because is uh, hit by lightning, of course. Yeah, uh, and then tries to. So I notice here, apparently, probably because of the rating of the show or something, they could not say kill or die, and so it just says like <laughs> he wants to do away with the family i'm going to send 3j to another dimension (laughs) basically carl's over here in hiffle hfil yeah Yeah. (laughs) never heard it pronounced hiffle i think i've heard it that way before i have not Mm. but anyway yeah they they can't just outright say i am a little dummy and i'm gonna murder everybody in this house Uh, so they gotta be cute about it which, like, you then get, like, a lot of good sitcom disposals. Like, yes, specifically the bit where uh, 3J and, oh, God, why am I blanking on the other kid's name? This other little twerp. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. They're on their bicycles on a green screen. It's very obviously <laughs> oh, yes. a green screen. And then Steve will just, like, drives up in a little, like... <laughs> it's like a VW bug. VW bug car. Just, like... Doing the typical thing of like I'm jerking the wheel around so you know that I'm driving uh-huh. <laughs> just like laughing. It reminded me of uh Baby Sinclair's rap where yes. he's in that little car. Yeah, it, it actually I think even I don't think it was even like green screen. I think it was just straight up rear projection, like old Bond movie it, driving. It was, it was blue screen because there's I don't know if you stuck around for it, but there was a making oh, of Stevel thing, and they but showed that it's a blue screen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I saw that um, for the uh, like Jack in the Box part. Mm-hmm. I did not notice for them. Yeah, it was also for them too. Um, okay, unless they rear rear projected Stevel. And then didn't for the kids, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, that'd be bizarre. But uh, I do not understand what they're trying to communicate, though, when uh, Steve pulls the hideaway bed down and their faces are where the basketball player heads should be on, like, the big, like, stickers that are on the wall. He trapped them in the wall. Okay, what I was trying to figure out was, was it that he flattened them yes. out? So they're like decals or are they trapped yes. in the wall in like a Josie Packard kind of way where their face <laughs> just sort of like morphs into the stucco, or not the stucco, stucco, but the, uh, the, uh, uh, drywall. Plaster, drywall. No, no. Thank you. Uh, no, I thought How they were supposed work? to like, I thought it was supposed to be, he turned them into fat heads basically. Okay. I wasn't sure. Because obviously their faces are not flush with the wall, which they no. could not be. But uh, but it's like the uh, bit with Laura in the cabinet. Oh, that's a good bit. That's a good was, little comedy bit. Especially when she like puts her hand up to uh, like scratch her face or something, and the the hand in the other segment moves up. Yeah, know? that was good. great. To give to to describe it a little bit more, like he opens up three different cupboards. The first one has her from basically like the shoulders up. Uh, the next one's just her legs, hips down, and then the rest of her is in the last one. And so, yeah, when she moves, like, one part over, the other part moves, too. Uh, it's a good bit. It is. I, I liked that. Also, uh, she's got short hair, and uh, 
we were looking up some stuff about when the show jumped the shark and I saw an internet post that made me very angry that said the show started to suck when she got short hair because short hair is ugly on women. Bullshit. Worst opinion. (laughs) You know the exact moment Seinfeld got good when Elaine cut all her hair off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, I think actually maybe the best elimination in this episode is uh Stevel in the um chimney making oh, yeah. noises and then Eddie is like Santa and he goes over <laughs> to the fireplace and gets sucked up into it. It's very good. Yeah. I do also like I really appreciate low rent uh just early nineties sitcom green screening and or actually this was early nineties. This was like late nineties by this point. But like uh, Harriet as the Jack in the Box thing, yeah, completely unconvincing, looks terrible. I love it. Uh, there is a lot of like bad work done to try to like remove the puppeteer from scenes where the Stevel puppet is still very much a puppet, but it's like standing fully in frame and moving around. Yeah. So you can kind of just see that they like airbrushed stuff out of the frame. Um, but and, I like that. Uh, I like I like seeing all the seams in this episode, both metaphorically and literally. <laughs> yes, uh, and I liked how at the end the bit with Carl was just the bit from um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes, <laughs> you know if this show just had like a little bit of a higher rating, Steve would have pulled his hand out, and there would have just been blood all over it, and would have been great. Yeah. They should have yeah. done that anyway. It would have been fucking disturbing. <laughs> Do you think that there's anyone online who's having like a Mandela effect thing where they insist that the Steve Will puppet had blood on his hands after pulling it out of Carl's back? Oh, there's probably. like a bunch of like YouTube videos about like, oh, there was a lost scene. They had to change it. Banned episode of Family Matters. <laughs> it's just the thumbnail. It made children just... go insane. <laughs> the thumbnail is just the shot of Steve in the dark with his eyes glowing. Yes. <laughs> That was a really good bit. I like how he smashes through the top of the trunk to get himself out and just like, instead of just smashing the rest of the way through, reaches over and unlocks it. <laughs> yeah. I do like, it got no laughs in the episode. They treated it as being serious, but Steve throwing Steve into the fridge and then smoke just starts coming <laughs> out of it and he opens it up. There's just a fucking <laughs> hole in the wall and this Looney Tunes ass puppet just uh-huh. right off the screen. It's great. Yeah. I was the only one who found it funny. Which is weird because there are a lot of things where like you can just hear people in the audience like giggling when there's nothing really happening. Oh, or my fa- if I were my in the favorite... audience, I'd be giggling every time Steve was in a shot. Like I just think that it's a hoot. My my favorite one or my favorite instances of the audience laughs are uh when like you see Stevel's hands come out of something and there's basically no reaction. And then his head comes out and everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode of family matter. Shut the applause sign off. You're not going to need it. Yeah. The audience understands what to do and when to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I Stevel's great. <laughs> These episodes are pretty good. I do like Steve having like a false awakening and then like Yes. <laughs> oh, Eddie Steve. going nuts on yeah. him with uh, egg beaters. Yeah, you have obsessive personality issues. Hold on, there's a surgery I can do with this fucking egg beater. <laughs> Lay down, it's gonna hurt like hell, man. <laughs> 
That's basically an Aqua Teen Hunger Force line, too. Hey, this guy hurt like a bitch. Eddie just sticks the egg beater in Steve's mouth and knocks all his teeth off, just gets his new <laughs> suit jacket sprayed oh, no. with blood. Polly. Uh, so then... Oh, no, no, I'm imagining that whole scene, but it's Steve. <laughs> Oh, it's a little high-pitched voice. And uh, did you notice in the making of who was playing Stevel? Um, like, in the actual like the suit. Oh, uh, very briefly, and I was like, I know who that is, and then I, my brain shut off, and I it couldn't was, figure uh, it out. The kid Grinch. Ah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I know I've seen him somewhere. Yeah, he's dead now. Oh, uh, he died a while ago. How good would it have been, though? I know it's not the case because he's like too tall. But if it was like Vern Troyer, oh, if it's I just like, who... oh, well, wait a second, that was Vern Troyer. And I don't Steve know who the was... entire time. Well, skipping ahead, but I don't know who was Carlsbad. I don't think they showed him in the making of at the end of that one. I'm just going to assume it's Warwick Davis. Uh, yeah, it must have been. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't get him for the first episode. You haven't established that Stevel is like sure, a good sure. enough idea for his stamp of approval. But... You build up the clout for Stevel, yeah. and then he's like, I want in on this. And they're like, yeah. well, we've already got the Grinch kid as Stevel, but we've got this brand new character you can play, Carlsbad. I don't think that that's how they would approach it. I think that they would decide that they will create a character for him because now he's approaching them about being in the episode. I see. You're like, oh, we, we, well, you know, that other character, we've already got an actor, but let's work on something. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we got this new idea. He's called Carlsbad. What do you think of that? L- little Warwick Davis. Anyway, uh, the second episode is better than the first one, I think. I don't know. I don't think so. You don't have, like, any, like, comedy deaths, but you still got some real good bits in this, like... Steve falling asleep, and then in his dream world, there's just a giant bucket of cheese. Hubbo cheese. Tub of cheese, and like and a lots huge... lots of crackers. <laughs> huge box of crackers, and then like, later when Carl is having a dream, yes. he just walks down with this gigantic box of huge hunks of peanut brittle that he's yep. eating. It's like box of brittle or something. Yeah. And they, they don't draw like too much attention to that. It's just like, these are things that of course exist in dreams. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the the whole premise of the second one is that Steve remembers that he had this horrible dream the last Halloween. He doesn't want to fall asleep again because uh, Freddy's back or whatever. He knows that it's <laughs> going to be bad yeah. news. Uh, and so he does eventually zonk out. Steve shows up, tries to steal his soul. Uh, but he wakes up and then he tries to like warn Carl about his dream. And so like the actual episode is all set really in Carl's dream. He goes to sleep and he starts dreaming about Steve. Uh, but like Steve is also there, like sort of some sort of like inception scenario where they're both sharing the same dream space. Like also not what? really, because I think when he wakes up, like, they don't... but I'd like to imagine that's what's going on. Like, I'd like to imagine okay. that somehow Steve has invaded Carl's dream and is also just like, yeah, I've got this device. I've been invading your dreams all the time for like the last several years, just so I can hang out with you and spend more time. Like, that would have been great. They should have done that. You know what they, they what they really should have done is in the first episode, at the very end, when it zooms in on steve he should have like moved his eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't do that. Yeah. I was kind of anticipating it. 
it subverted my expectations when they didn't so it's good it's better uh-huh. that way um yeah so the the second steevel episode steevel wants a soul so he can be like a real person even though it doesn't actually pan out that way because when he gets one at the end of the episode he's still a dummy he just um, has urkel's voice yeah, he just has urkel's voice and he's still evil but now he feels bad about it which i thought was pretty good <laughs> yeah although i don't know how that even works because that then at the very end uh he's also in urkel's body forget it larry it's family matters <laughs> okay <laughs> good idea it's uh it's like the opening of mystery science theater you should just you know you really should just relax larry okay yeah fine so Carl now has a puppet. Carl goes down, he sees he's got a puppet, he does a fun comedy bit with the puppet, and then Steve will show up and he's like, hey, check this out, and shoots it with lightning, and creates Carl's Bad, which yes. I guess is the only pun you could have made with that name, but also it's the best pun you could have made with that name. And so now they've got double trouble, they've got two wood puppets to and deal with. they're fucking dancing! <laughs> they got yes. a boombox! Yep. Uh, they want to go to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> Carlsbad does disco dancing for some reason. I really love that Carlsbad's whole thing is he just wants to go to Vegas. <laughs> I mean, you can relate to it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, that's his chugging whole evil plot. Yeah, I'm chugging some NOS. His whole evil bit's just that he wants to go gamble, um, which is really good. Um, no, I thought the point was he wanted to go on the road to do their comedy bit. Sure, but he specifically wants to go to Vegas. Yes. To gamble and party and do his comedy act in Vegas. There's no greater honor for a comedian than to be set up in, you know, the fucking Bellagio Mm -hmm. doing your comedy routine. You can't do it at the Luxor. Caratop has got a a firm hold over the Luxor. Okay. Where are Penn and Teller at? Uh, Also the Luxor, I guess. Oh. Um, Wow. Gordon Ramsay, he's in the Luxor. Uh, everyone's in the Luxor. What's he do? He come on stage and yell at you? Like Don Rickles? <laughs> oh, that'd be good. I'd pay to see that show. I'd pay through the teeth. No, Penn and Teller are in a... Di- I think they're in the uh, Rio. Her name is Her name Rio. is Rio. And, yeah. She dances on the sand. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Like a bird of prey. Yeah, 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 or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, hungry yeah. like a wolf. do da do 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 da do 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 da do beep boop boop beep boop boop beep. No, Caratop is in Luxor. The the magician act that's in Luxor is Chris Angel. So you don't want to see anything inside the fucking Luxor. It's all bad. Carl's bad. Ooh, yeah, he'd probably be playing in the Luxor then. I I saw their comedy routine at the end of the episode. It's Luxor material. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'm trying to, this episode sort of went by like a blur in my mind because I was also mentally preparing to do this and drinking a lot of NOS. So well, what happens next? Uh, that That's the thing, like not a lot really happens in this. They kind of just dance around and like fight Carl. Right, they step Steve. on their feet. Yeah, they, they step do that on thing them. They dance over and they go like, ah, and they get them in the toes. Yeah, then there's a part in the kitchen where they attack them, uh, and, uh, well, that's when Steve has already had his soul sucked, like Cabal would say in the Mortal Kombat yeah. movie. He got dummy. Um, yeah, he's preparing to be dummy again. 
Um, and uh, Carlsbad jumps on Carl, and Carl chucks him and Steel <laughs> out the window <laughs> in a very good bit. That glass, the glass fucking shatters violently when Carlsbad goes through it. Like, yeah. he really sold that, man. Like, he threw those dummies good. Yeah, and he, like, when he throws steve like, the legs and arms, like, smack the side <laughs> of the window <laughs> in a really funny way. We kind of, like... we're We're both big proponents of dummy humor in general, and usually yeah. that means, like, a person jumps off a cliff or something, and then they cut to a wide yeah. shot, and it's obviously a dummy. It's just but... all limp-limbed, but you got the actor 80 yard over screaming. Yes. Like, that's... That's great. But, That's but top like, shelf humor for literal dummies getting chucked through a window is also extremely yes. funny to me. That it is very very good. Uh, but yeah, so I, I think the reason I like the second one more, even though like I can't string the episode together as easily as I can with the first one, more memorable memorable bits in the first one because you have like typical slasher villain like, oh, this is the way he kills this person, this person, this person. Oh, uh, the the second one does have uh the other kids as the men in black and uh Laura as the alien in a uh leather outfit, which is very nice. Uh and, and Eddie as Don King for that some is reason. Really good. Yeah. That's a good bit. Yeah. Um But no, I think the reason I like this episode more is I just really like the Carlsbad dummy. <laughs> it is very good. He's just all lazy eyed and lumpy. I love him. It's a funny little guy. Not when he's doing stand-up comedy. Not not as funny. There's no. a, the, the credits bit to this is them in like Laurel and Hardy outfits doing a comedy routine and it doesn't go so well and so they start like choking each other to death. Yeah. Which that's fine. Just that's like a, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Laurel and Hardy. But anyway, it's a it's a fun couple of episodes. Yeah, sure. I, I liked, uh, I think that my favorite method that Stevel used to get rid of somebody was when he shot that hole through Harriet's hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just you know, put the fear of God into her. <laughs> That's right. Harriet will never cross her or Steve ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, next week, Larry and I will be talking about the Bruce Lee episode of Family Matters. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay, sure, why not? Look, we both have HBO Max. We need to use it to the max. Watch all yeah. family matters. One of us more than others. If Betty White doesn't die before... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? No, never mind. I do not Good. want to be in bed with this nine-season-long fucking sitcom. You've already said something to me in private, which I don't know if you're sticking mm. to that. I guess I'll mention it here, but like the idea was I have to, so I need to finish TNG. That's just part of the bet. I need to stick to it. I have to finish TNG no matter what. But if Betty White in her obstinance continues to live after I finish TNG, I would then have to go back and start watching the original series and work my way through all of Star Trek, all the content that exists for Star Trek, until she dies. When she dies, I'm then released and I can stop if I want to, uh, no matter where I'm at. But as at long as she rate, lives... Though? Like, what, what's the rate? Like, what? how many episodes per week? 
Oh, I don't know. I would just go at my typical rate, which is probably something like a, a full TV season a week. <laughs> oh, okay. That's well, a normal thing for people to do. One that, a week. No yeah, one watches shows like glacially like you do. <laughs> All right. Episode of Night, you fucking goddamn freak. No, that's way too much. No, that's actually probably about how much. I, when I was on, uh, when I was watching the dog, like, I crammed a ton of TNG in that time because I had to kind of keep an eye on the dog at all times. I had to just, like, keep it in the living room. Um, so I got through a lot. I got up to Ensign Row is where I'm at now. Hachi machi. Yeah. So I watched that one with my stepdad who had three gin and tonics in him by that point in the night. Uh, I had already shown him Ooh. the journey home which he thought was a hilarious, fun little movie. And then right. he had too much liquor in him. So by the time that he got to the Instant Row episode, he had a lot of shit to say. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay. just, uh, when Whoopi Goldberg showed up, he's like, oh, you know, the unfortunate thing is you could put any black person in that role. And I was like, oh God, oh Jesus. No, <laughs> what? You, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't make any goddamn sense where he, it's not a uniquely black role it's just Whoopi Goldberg is playing a barkeep what are you talking about yeah and wasn't that like specifically made for her yes uh, she she really was a huge fan of like Star Trek as a kid and so when they were doing TNG she like tried to get into the show and you know I, I guess she had some sort of I mean that would have been like the height of Whoopi's clout too so yeah, and she's she's great in Star Trek. I, I really like Ayn a whole lot. She's a pretty good character. But Whoopi used to be good in things. Yeah, now she's doing like a, a talk show or something. Yeah, she's been on The View for like 10 years at this point. Well, maybe more. So the other thing that he kept falling back on is uh, the Cardassians. Because uh, it sounded like Kardashian to him. And so he kept like laughing, going like, uh, they all got big butts, big butt aliens, but they all got fat asses. <laughs> like Scott Steiner. Yeah. Rick and Scott Steiner, let me welcome you back. Oh, T3D, you guys are out of your mind. Come on to Atlanta, Georgia, the place that the Steiner brothers got their start in professional wrestling. You guys are out of your mind making it a table match because tonight we're going to beat you at your own game. And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is that you can run Nicky Split. Because you can't run because you got some fat asses. And after it's said and done, we're going to have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there in Atlanta, Georgia. You wanted some, you got some. This is the big time, boys. You come down that aisle, the Steiner Brothers has got something for you. Ooh, 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 it's a dog pile. Ooh. And he like, keep explaining over and over, like, the show came out in 91. The OJ trial wasn't until, like, the mid-90s. And Car Kim Kardashian and her big butt is a much more recent thing than either of those two <laughs> things. Yeah, This was not a premeditated dig on that family. It's just coincidental <laughs> that they sound the same. But, but the thing is, now I'm just thinking of uh, David Schwimmer in uh, People vs. O.J. So I'm just going like, please, O.J., don't kill yourself in here. It's my daughter's room. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention it because they don't show the Cardassians in that episode until like one scene towards the end. I was just like, no, they're actually like a race of lizard people. And he was like, oh, that's also appropriate. And you know what? I agree. That's the one thing that he said. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
It's kind of true. They are soulless lizard folk. They're fucking Instagram. Which was mercifully down for like four hours yesterday. The internet Facebook, thought that was a Facebook big deal. Was too. Yeah. I okay. like how everyone was just like, oh, it got taken offline permanently, destroyed, and then I got on yeah. at like 5 p.m. to check the marketplace. Yeah, just like, use the system restore point. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, that doesn't solve anything. I like the people, too, always going like, oh, well, why don't they do something like wipe out everybody's debt? Like, that actually would work? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've seen The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, you just get this thing, oh, it's uh, right. called a clean slate. Uh, yeah, it's and the that, clean slate that, program. It wipes everything else. It's the perfect program for a thief who wants to run away from everything. Yeah. I remember it because they told me in that scene that was so fucking terrible it has stuck with me. I have it tattooed on my body like Memento, a much better Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, Family Matters. Uh, we did a Gobble Ghoul Zone. Yep. Now it's just time for your stupid video game. I played D. D. What does D stand for, Larry? Uh. So when I was, this is a true story. When I was a kid, uh, I thought this was about Vampire Hunter D. Well, you're not entirely wrong. I'm not. No, have you ever? Have you actually finished D or no? No. D stands for Dracula. Oh. It's a Drac game, baby. Okay. So the plot of D is that uh, you play as a woman in Laura, uh, just like family members. Yeah. And Carl has started doing murders. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, your your father is a well-respected doctor who has suddenly committed a massacre in a hospital. So you go in there to try to reason with your dad and, you know, tell him to knock it off with the whole murder thing. Just come on out. The cops just want to talk to you. It's fine. No one's going to hurt you. Uh, Anyway, the hospital turns into a creepy castle and also an FMV that will not fucking end. (laughs) Uh Um, I'll get into the gameplay of it, but to to finish the plot stuff, you, you start having these flashbacks where you're just like chewing on an arm and stabbing a lady and it turns out that like your family is the last in the dracula bloodline and at a certain age dracula just tries to take over your body and like the first symptom of draculaism is that you want to do some cannibal stuff and so like laura yeah, was able like at to... that point you're basically a renfield right yeah kind of uh but they call it renfield's disease it's very serious. Mm-hmm. We didn't understand it at the time, but now there's a pill for it. Laura didn't need to eat that arm, but, uh, you know, she the era she was born in, unfortunately. Uh, but she repressed the Dracula in her and forgot about it, or her dad did this somehow. But now her dad's got the Dracula in him, and he needs her flesh and blood to complete his transformation into Dracula. So D stands for Dracula. Okay could also stand for daughter or dad or any of the other 10,000 things on the back of the box that it tells you that D stands for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, I thought the weird thing about this series is how there's no D3. There's just one, two, and it skips to four, and four is a weird departure for the series. Yeah, I mean, D2 is actually very, very different. Yeah, like actually the the real games in this, because I'm just, you know, it's the 
fucking pseudo 51 game d4 is not actually connected to any of this but uh sweary sweary Sweary, i'm sorry hey you know what's great uh the new sweary game is going to be on game pass Ooh. after i backed the kickstarter like three years ago congratulations yeah you helped make it possible (laughs) i mean yes actually i guess that's the point but yeah i'm still mad about it uh, you helped fund Swery's weird little project. You should still be happy about it. Uh... Uh, no, the games in the series are D, Enemy Zero, and then later D2 on the Sega Dreamcast. Enemy Zero is another Sega Saturn game that I maybe should check out, but like its selling point is it has invisible enemies and you uh-huh. need to use sound cues, and that sounds awful. Oh, it's terrible to play. I imagine it is, because D is kind of terrible to play itself uh the the this is basically a survival horror game on a time limit so you have two hours to complete the game and so i guess some of the replayability is supposed to come from the fact that you make a little bit more progress on each loop and then you hit the the time limit and you got to start over again but now you know where everything is you can kind of sequence break things and get back to where you were faster each time uh at least in theory. In practice, you probably won't ever get a time over because I did it when I first beat this game. Uh, I, I think I played this on the PlayStation originally, like a few years ago I emulated it, uh, beat it very, very quickly. And then when I sat down to play it on the Sega Saturn, I kind of got bored and went to go do some stuff and there's no way to pause the game. And so I came back, went into a room and then got sucked into a goddamn time vortex and was the craziest damn shit I've ever seen. It's a really good FMV. And then it pops up saying time over. And I was like, what the fuck? You end up in medieval times with your car and your boomstick. It looks like uh, the cover of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Like, you're just flying through space towards this big triangle. It looks so weird. Wait, what? You mean Dark Side of the Moon? Dark Side of the Moon, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, The the cover of The Wall is a wall. I mean, there is a part where you have to, like, keep bumping into a wall, and then eventually it opens up. Okay. And I think that's one of those things of, like, like Duke Nukem going, where is it? (laughs) That's right. No, it's, uh, so the survival horror mechanics is, you know, you just go room to room, you solve very quaint puzzles. None of them are difficult, uh, which I think is kind of part of the design of the game is you're supposed to be able to beat it within the confines of two hours. So they couldn't make anything like too hard to pull off. Uh, but when I said that the game is boring, what I mean by that is it's all an FMV, basically. When you move, it plays an FMV of you moving. When you interact with something, it plays an FMV of you interacting with that object. When you actually have control, it's just like a still image of that area. It's basically just like mist. Yes. Uh, At that point in time, this was like some of the craziest shit you've seen in a console video game. Like this is actually a fairly important game, both for survival horror and the integration of like cinematics in the gameplay in practice and on retrospect it's really tedious because laura just has the slowest goddamn walk cycle to any location in the game so you hit the button move somewhere read a page of a book get up make a sandwich she'll be done when you get back 
then you can interact with something. Like, half your playtime in that game is just watching FMVs of her slowly walking around. Wait, it's not first person? It is. But, like, oh. it's just in first person, just okay. take a step. Well, you said a walk right cycle, foot. so I thought, and like, the... there was an actual, like, character model you were watching. No, I, I mean the cycle of just her walking from point A to wherever you, like, well, That's not what walk cycle means, well, you dullard. <laughs> Walk cycle specifically means the animation of walking. They're going to find you in a room, a skeleton chained up with your hand <laughs> stuck through a wall. And I'm going to have put a ring on it that is necessary to be able to go through a damn door. So someone can look at more skeletons. I mean, the greatest reward is being able to look at skeletons. Oh god, the puzzle for that too. is just, You have to go to this like uh, lockbox and you pull a crank on it. It's just like a roulette thing, but you have to like line the numbers up. And it is so fucking awkward. I probably wasted 10 minutes just trying to get the numbers to go where I needed them to go to get the ring. Uh, the worst part of the game is like halfway through when you get to the second disc, you're in this rotating room. So you go up, you pull this handle, you turn it all the way around, gets to the top. Then it automatically goes all the way back around. Then you hear that the room has spun around. Then you have to, like, turn Laura around and have her face the door that's behind her to see whether or not it's just a brick wall or it's actually a door you can go through. If it's a door you can go through, you need to go into one of four rooms and you need to do them in a particular order. But you won't know what room you've generated until you slowly walk up to the door, open the door, look in the hall to see what it is. Oh, it's not the right one. Turn around, walk back to the crank, do it all over again. And, like, sometimes it will just give you a cycle of, like, oh, it's the brick wall four times. So now I gotta turn back around, I gotta do it all over again. And so, like, probably half an hour of that game is just in that room. Just turning the crank around and trying to go where you need to go. It's terrible. Sounds fun. No! (laughs) Just explain to you that it's not! Oh. There is a cool little bit, though, where, like, a suit of armor attacks you, and then it's a QTE for the one and only time in the entire game, and also you can't fail it. I love how you refuse to play the Zero Escape games, by the way, but you'll just play this, which is, like, a way, way worse version of it that wastes your time constantly, because this this is is on Sega Saturn. It's also only, like, an hour long, and I beat it once before. And I kind of, like, I guess I forgot about some of this bullshit in the game. Like, the bits where you're actually just, like, putting puzzles together and stuff, and you're getting, like, little story bits, I think that stuff is great. Like, the puzzles aren't too hard. They feel rewarding, nonetheless, to solve them. Uh, The FMV stuff is just prime mid-90s FMV craziness. Just your dad's head appears in the air, but it's, like, made out of liquid, and he's just like, I'm transforming into Dracula! Don't go further! Like, it's great. It's dumb as shit. It looks crazy. I like it a lot. When he turns into Dracula and he's just a weird, like, blood monster, that stuff's fantastic. It's just all the rotating room bullshit and the slow walk from point A to point B. It just feels like it's there to make the game feel longer than it actually is. Like, that stuff sucks. Anyway, this game sold like fire in Japan. Oh yeah, they loved it. It did really well. Uh, This game also came out before Resident Evil, so you got a lot of reviews at the time going, this is the best horror game ever made. (laughs) 
there's no way anything could be better than this. Yeah. I think there was like one review that was just like, I suspect that the upcoming Resident Evil is probably going to outshine this, but for now it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, correct, Resident Evil is a much better horror game and, and has made a much more indelible mark on the genre, but... I still think D does some interesting stuff. I would like to check out D2. My understanding is that is a much more traditional like survival horror game. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I do like that the credits of this game, though, like as soon as you're done with just all this weird cannibalism shit, you just get like the director in a leather jacket and an image in the <laughs> credits. And it's just a fucking hard rock song. It's just like the end of Resident Evil 2, like that uh-huh. level of rock and roll. I mean, I like that studio's whole thing with, like, their digital actress. That was, like, their whole thing uh, for that yeah. and Enemy Zero and D2. It yeah. was, like, this this fake lady we've made to be the star of our games. And that's an interesting idea, I suppose. Yeah, it's similar to Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, where they had a similar thing that they wanted to do. Where they're, like, yeah, this is a whole digital actress. We're going to put her in other stuff. You're going to see her around her places. And then when you go back and you look at it, 10 20 years later you're like oh that looks like shit i can't believe anyone thought that this was going to be a thing <laughs> that I mean, would have just persisted the girl from life is strange said it's her favorite movie so oh well, i guess you got me there yeah everyone under the age of 20 relates to life is strange right that's what it's like being a teenager oh, yeah. now. You got it's, superpowers. A, it's exactly yeah it's a perfect encapsulation of being a teenager I wish I was a teen in the 2020s. Instead, I just got beaten up for liking Yu Yu Hakusho. Why would anyone beat you up for liking Yu Yu Hakusho? Uh, uh, yeah, because at that point in time, it was not popular to like anime. Mm, I don't think that's true. Oh, like at least where I was at, like you got so much shit for liking anime. That, that was still very much in that period of time where you liked anime you got so much crap for it and then it was like three years after finishing high school now everybody's watching anime <laughs> it's like oh god damn it. i don't know like <laughs> from what i remember like everybody was watching dragon ball dragon ball and... dragon ball was like the one there was always like a couple acceptable ones where everyone kind of yeah was like, like a okay, yu show you know, it wasn't yu hawk show for me i think it was pretty much just dragon ball where i went uh, to school okay uh but then i went to that other place that I won't name where I was locked up for a period of time and everyone was way into Dragon Ball. Cool. You know, it was great. Like there wasn't a single goddamn person there who didn't think Dragon Ball wasn't the coolest shit in the world. Like everybody had a copy of Budokai. We were playing it all the time. It was fantastic. All right. Yeah, it was great. I mean, no, the other stuff was very bad, but <laughs> yeah. take the good with the bad. Yeah, people you getting jumped. There you have the facts of life. <laughs> people getting jumped and getting their ribs kicked in. Now that wasn't as great, but then you would go like play Kid Boo and make someone very upset with you. Mm. <laughs> I uh, I loaded up Budokai Three in an emulator recently, Ooh. and. Uh, Vegeta is not unlocked from the start? That's messed up. Yeah, yeah, it is messed up. I remember that, though. Terrible. You know what else I remember from that place? There was, they would periodically do a thing where, like, you would enter into a raffle, and if you won, they would go take you, like, opening night to go see a movie. And we had this one guy, he was 
way into Star Wars. And this dude was also just like massive, like big, like linebacker guy. And he was so upset that the bus was late for Attack of the Clones that he started like <laughs> punching walls. <laughs> just like yelling, God damn it! I want to see Attack of the Clones! <laughs> just like throwing this <laughs> massive fucking <laughs> Or no, it wasn't of Attack of the Clones. It wasn't Attack of the Clones, I'm sorry. It was Revenge of the Sith. That would have been oh, when okay. Revenge of the Sith came out. But it was still <laughs> just very funny watching this like 17-year-old kid, just huge, huge guy just built, going on a violent rampage because he couldn't see Star Wars. And now that's what the, the whole internet conclusion. is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone turned into that guy. They all have Twitter accounts. It's terrible. Anyway, that's uh, my retro corner. I give D uh, D4 out of D5. Wow. Yeah. Very good rating for D, a game which you spent most of your time ranting about things you hated <laughs> about it. It's, again, I, I, I think that all that slow plotting stuff surrounds very good stuff so it's just d is a little bit frustrating in that it's a game that i think has a lot of potential that just the execution's off um i'm looking forward to playing mist <laughs> mist <laughs> never played it before but my understanding is that game is probably not cluttered with as much time wasty shit as d is like i goofed around in a little bit and at least seems you just snap between locations so it, that depends on the version i think because there were some where it, i think by default you had like an fmv thing going between them but you could maybe double click to just instantly mm. skip it and then there was also a version that was actually in 3d where you had to move between them and i think that like is actually way worse i think if d just gave you the ability to skip those fmvs and it just deducted yeah. that amount of time that the FMV would have run for from the total time that you're working with, that would have been fine. Like, just let you kind of move through it a bit more briskly, but you're not then making it too easy to avoid a timeout. Yeah. Uh, but of course, it didn't do that. Maybe they did in some version. D was released on uh, quite a bit of different platforms, and I'm not sure how they all are differentiated from one another. So I don't know. There's an MS-DOS version that's available on GOG. So, you know, you could probably pick that up for like 10 cents sometime this month. I would guess. Or I could not. Or you could just to have it. 90% right. of my God's well, library is games that I have just to have. Yeah. Nothing that I actually too, want to probably. play. Yeah. Well, uh, this month we'll be playing some spooky games on stream. You mentioned it before. I'm still trying to figure that out. I know someone who listens to this podcast wants me to play Lunacy. And I need to see whether or not that will actually work on uh, Yabuse or Yabuse or however you say it. I would think Yabuse, but I don't know. That's what I would think too, but every time I watch a YouTube video, they say Yabuse, and that doesn't... Well, like people on the internet, they're like the sort of freaks that say Ryu, sure. Ninja Gaiden. Sure. They're idiots. Oh, I hate when people say Ninja Gaiden instead of Gaiden. Yeah. Terrible. Never understood that. Like, even as a kid, I knew it was Gaiden. Yeah. Me too. But uh, I will test out and see that works. That seems like another FMV-based kind of spook them up So I got more D to look forward to, basically. Great. <sighs> yeah. Or if you played a, a Juggernaut for the PS1, it's another FMV spook them up No, we do have that. Uh, we could stream that out in delicious 4K. 
<laughs> I don't think they'll do much for FMV, but uh, I am curious to see what effect it has on FMV. I mean, well, we already we already saw that we did that one game with the uh, lady. The one game with the lady. Remember, it was like the overhead game. You shoot people up. I kept shooting civilians, but like the cutscenes for FMVs, they were live action. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah it did basically nothing as yeah. you'd expect because like it's only yeah. such a high bit rate to begin with. Yeah. In game with uh, very sharp. Yeah, but I got some games picked out, and then uh, next week, as far as what I'm playing personally, I'm going back to Resident Evil Zero, and reminding myself <sighs> that I don't think I like Resident Evil Zero. <laughs> oh, I like the Resident Evil Zero. Uh, we'll get Billy. Into, we'll get into it next week. Rebecca. Goodbye, Source. Goodbye, Bye, Billy and Rebecca. Goodbye, Steve and Carlsbad. Push up to the corner. Where the turbines hiss Someday we won't remember this Crawl till dawn On my hands and knees God damn these vampires For what they've done to me outside and let those glass doors open wide and in their surface see two young savage things barely worth remembering